What's important when buying cigars online? The best brands? Big selection? Lowest prices? Or fast, fresh delivery? Hey, when you buy from Famous Smoke Shop, you have it all. And now, Cigar Tipster fans can have it all, too, including free shipping on your order. Go to CigarTipster.com and click on the banner ad for Famous Smoke Shop. Use the promo code FREESHIPCT. That's FREESHIPCT. And free shipping is yours when you spend $75 or more at Famous Smoke Shop. Order now. Oh, what fresh hell is this? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. Uh, okay. Uh, I have asked if you smoked anything good lately, and that's about the last thing I heard. Oh, well, I got done telling a great story. I could probably never tell it as good as I did then. But uh, I'll try, I guess. Uh, I'll be the judge of that. I heard it the first time. So. You heard it the first Okay. So what, what I was saying was uh, last weekend in Minnesota, the weather was was really, really nice. It was 65 degrees and sunny. And uh, I was out chopping some wood with some friends. And, you know, we got to smoking cigars. And I had a, uh, a Tatawahe Baroku. I've had them before. Um, but it never disappoints. It's a spicier Tatuaje, um, definitely full flavor. And then I also had the uh, one of the original Romeo and Julietas. I, I believe it's just called the original, and it's the size is the bully. Um, and that was just a treat. I mean, every time it's nice and easy, just like many of the Romeo and Julietas, maybe a medium strength. Um, nothing bad to say about it at all. I could do it all, all day long. Tatawahe is kind of a strange brand I hear so much about them and they're huge in online cigar communities but I think I've only smoked two Tatawahe's in my entire cigar career I I should get on get on their bandwagon or something I'd say they're worth a try Um, they do a few things that I don't necessarily love Uh, primarily I don't I don't know if they're very creative with um, their banding, and that sounds like a lame thing to be critical of, but it makes it hard for guys who don't smoke them all the time to tell the difference. So as, as far as I can tell, occasionally they stick an extra band on there, like the Viroku, for instance, does have a second band, but many of the Tatuajes just have different colors. It just says Tatuaje, and it'll be a red band or black or brown, and as far as I can tell, that's really what they do to differentiate their cigars, so... Um, you know, I, I've enjoyed most of the ones I've tried, but I can't say that, uh, I'd ever like really search long and hard for them. <laughs> long and hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. That's a throwback to episode one. Yeah. And he's looking for a uh, banding. He needs to go buy a Gurkha. Yeah, really. <laughs> Oh yeah. Actually, actually, we were just talking about that when while we were waiting on you to get over here. Was uh, I was telling him about that cigar aficionado web profile on the owner of Gurkha, where he wants to be more than a pretty face. Uh, well, he's got a long way to go there. <laughs> uh, good old Kaizad. Yeah, he's his name alone just screams guilty. Bless his heart. Hey, who was that? Who was that Gurkha rep that used to come by Patriot Cigars? Um, Ken. Yeah, Ken Dan. Ken well, Dushington. Yeah, well, do you remember his... <laughs> I think that was his last name, come to think of it. Uh, 
That guy, I mean, that's what, when I think of Kaizot, I actually think of Ken, because they're both kind of in that category of, like, slimy car salesmen. Um, I mean, I definitely wouldn't leave either one of them alone with a puppy or a child. I know that much. <laughs> I was speaking speaking of Patriot, and this will only mean anything to the three of us, really, but I met up with uh, Alan at the Cigar Room uh, about two weeks ago. Good old AA, Alan Adair. Yeah, he's doing good. He said to tell you hi. That's awesome. Uh, oh, and I, I misspoke on the last podcast. It was not Hillbilly 5 it was Hee Haw 5 was his yeah. nickname at Tweet Up last year. <laughs> yeah, his uh, his overalls over his Hawaiian shirt. But, uh, yeah, he brought up the, the famous Vanna off-white story from Patriot Lore. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The... Uh, the rich provided, uh, I don't know what to call her except a hooker. I mean, yeah, that's uh, that's probably it. I think that's, I think she was paid hourly. Uh, hooker was probably spot on. on. But, uh, oh, I, I, I was in Franklin Cigar earlier today, which is just south of Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, they have a room 101 called the Ichiban. And mm-hmm. that that cigar is a shop exclusive. Uh, there's eight different sizes, and there's eight shops in each. Basically, each shop has an exclusive size in that cigar. So there's only eight shops in the country right now where you can even get your hands on that. And I thought that was an interesting concept. Is uh, uh so the, the Ichiban is a limited, limited release. That, Sorry, I can hear myself in my ears. Is anyone else? Am I sounding weird to everyone else? No, you're fine. Oh, okay, sorry. I was hearing myself like two seconds after I said something. It's throwing me off. Anyway, I'm, I'm good now. So Ichiban, is it uh, kind of like the Namakubi? Is it kind of like obviously an oriental type wrapper and such on it? Yeah, and it even, you know, it's wrapped in a tissue paper and then it's got that full black wrapper. Very similar in look to the Namakubi. That sounds like a winner right off the bat. I mean, the Namakubi. Did do you any? Do you remember what tobaccos were used in the Ichiban? Uh, no. <laughs> Oddly enough, they have a giant, giant banner that literally takes up half a wall in their smoking room that just says the Ichiban shop exclusive. So I didn't, I didn't research it at all. I just kept looking at that, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna buy one of those. Yep. I haven't actually smoked it yet, but it, it, I was just tempted to buy it just for the exclusivity factor. I'm going to go off way on a limb here and just guess that uh, because of the name and because of the the wrapper and stuff, the simulators with the Namakubi, I bet they used a similar Honduran wrapper. And I think that was the key to the Namakubi's success was that Honduran wrapper because that thing tasted like, I don't know, marshmallows and melted butter. It was so good. So that's right. That's right. I just said marshmallows and melted butter to describe a cigar. Get over it. Oh my God. Well, it's better than a fart through your grandmother's dentures. <laughs> Nothing is better than that. <laughs> All right. The wrapper is Ecuadorian. My oh. apologies on that. Binder and filler are both uh, Nicaraguan. No, I'm sorry. Binder is Nicaraguan Criollo 98. Filler is Nicaraguan Corojo 99. And so Nicaraguan Corojo, that's a Honduran tobacco plant grown in Nicaragua. Then, 
Yes. They're blowing my mind. Yeah, they're the country of origin. They're making it in Honduras, but huh. they're not using your Honduran wrapper. I'm disappointed, but I probably will still like the cigar because uh, the Namakubi really was a game changer for me. It's delicious every time. and I mean, who doesn't like some fun tissue paper to pull off a cigar? Sure. I'll let you know how it turns out. And speaking of cigars that have interesting blends, I uh, when I was at the cigar room with Alan, I picked up the Nomad Therapy line. There's a there's three cigars in the line: the Connecticut, the Habano, and the Maduro. The Connecticut one thing that it does that's interesting is the filler is Mexican San Andreas, something that's typically a wrapper. I like it. And it was a very good Connecticut, and my list of Connecticut's is not very long. The San Andreas actually was on the Room 101. They had a San Andreas wrapper. That was also a great Room 101 cigar. You remember that one, Mark? Uh, I think it was just called the Room 101 San Andreas. I might be smoking crack here. It's been a while. I don't remember that one. Now I know... Uh... The uh, Luchador by Sam Lucia. Now, that's got a San Andreas wrapper. No, you're, you're not smoking crack. There is a Room 101 San Andreas. Ha, you guys hang out with me. I'll teach you something. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to see if it says anything about the rest of it. Uh, entirely new blend, Honduran Corojo and Criollo Long Fillers, accompanied by a Corojo Binder. And, the, of course, the San Andreas wrapper. And, yeah, it's just got the little uh, Namakubi face on it. Yep, yep. So so here's, you know, a long time ago when we used to do this, we used to kind of educate a little bit and talk about trends and whatnot. I just want to make a statement I might have made before, but, you know, that's kind of one of the fun things when you smoke cigars is you smoke a cigar, maybe you pay attention to what tobaccos are in it, maybe you don't, but over time... You know, as you start to learn just little bits, you'll start to realize that certain tobaccos really agree with your palate. And for me, the San Andreas has always been one of those. I think it's used in the uh, La Aroma de Cuba, the Mi Amor. Um, you know, that's oh, that's a, a great stick. High-ranking cigar right there. Yeah, the San Andreas by Room 101 is fantastic as well. And um, to me personally, the San Andreas uh, tobacco is is probably my favorite, only behind uh, Cameroon tobacco, which seems to really agree with my palate. But I would I would probably compare this to, like, wine drinkers. I, I bet folks who are really into wine, they, they eventually pick out certain grapes and certain years and stuff like that that really agree with their palate. So I, I find that interesting. Hopefully everyone else does as well. Well, and the, uh, the Gonzo that me and Senior are huge fans of uses the San Andreas wrapper. There you go. That's another great, another great cigar yeah, for sure. I need to get uh, get back by Florence down there. Uh, what is it? Uh, Truly Cigars that's down there in Florence, Alabama. Well, you got them and you got the Cigar Room both. Oh, okay, that's right. The Cigar Room opened the place down there. But I know the Truly Cigars had the Gonzos. And I hadn't had one of those in ages. Speaking of uh, somebody throughout the, uh, did somebody say La Gloria Cubana? Yeah, that yeah. was brought up. 
But yeah. anyway, uh, yesterday got a hell of a deal. Two La Gloria Cubana cigars and a Zycar XI cutter for $33 shipping and everything. Wow, so that's like two free cigars and a discounted cutter. Yeah, yeah, practically given the fucking thing away. That's killer. Famous-smoke.com, as you heard in our little commercial at the beginning. Was your uh, your boyfriend must have given you a really good discount, huh? <laughs> no, that's a, any, any old average Joe can go get that deal. Yeah, Anybody? Get that deal. Even, even me, Kirk. <laughs> no, I'm not actually. I'm not as pretty as Mark, though. I mean, are you sure I could get it? I, I'm sure. They, their their standards are low as far as their boyfriends go. <laughs> so <laughs> good. What what was the name of the website? Famous-smoke.com. Famous-smoke. Excellent. Yeah, see, I actually did better than Mark. I got three of the Infernos by Leva and a XI one cutter with their branding on it uh, for the same price. <laughs> You guys are killing me here. I'm, I'm so I got an extra cigar, but that it was pretty. But pretty I I shop more based on the cutter that I wanted, not the cigars. True, he did get the the nicer looking of the two cutters. Well, I I'm gonna have to check out this place because uh, my you know even though Zyker has that unlimited lifetime warranty, I wouldn't mind having a backup. My cutter's getting a little bit loose in its old age. Oh, and if you if you spend seventy five dollars or more, promo code free ship CT, free shipping. Awesome, shameless plug. <laughs> There's no no such thing, not in the cigar world, man. We gotta we gotta look out for each other. Oh, we have knowing we have a commercial now. <laughs> oh, look that, at that, you! That you'll hear when the episode downloads. It'll be the first thing it plays. It's only thirty seconds. I didn't want to go crazy with commercials, but we have a commercial. Yeah. I like, I like it. it. Hey, so speaking of no. uh, supporting each other a little bit, um, Mark, uh, have you been following up on the uh, the 66 cigar shop in uh, Missouri? I've definitely been keeping an eye on it. He, uh, they, they're doing some renovations. They're adding some additional uh, smoke eaters, I believe, or some sort of new air filtration system. I don't know the entire details of it, but the guy... The guy is a better human being than I am. He's taking the high road, and he's really not not pushing these ladies' buttons the way that I would be. So I, I, I think it's going to work out for him. I really hope it's going to work out for him. Yeah. Are, are the listeners aware of the story here? Did you guys talk about it last week? Yeah, we talked briefly talked about it, and I know I saw a story. One of their local news stations did a, kind of an investigative report that uh, – Kind of exposed some of the uh, inconsistencies from next door. Put Good. Good. Yeah, I I saw one of their Facebook posts, and it sounds like yeah they're working with uh, I think a city planner and a city inspector, and you know they have a uh, a plan in place to uh, make their establishment even even more airtight. They they already have a. a I think they're called fireproof walls, where mm-hmm. walls that, you know, obviously will stop a fire, and um, I think it's meant to, to stop smoke and stuff from moving, too. Oh, come on, Kirk. It's called a fire-rated demising wall. Oh, I, that's what I said. You should listen closer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they are. I mean, tell you what, uh, 
my cigar shop didn't have anything that fancy. I think we just used drywall and mud like normal people. Um, and so, I, you know, you're right, Mark. They really are trying to be gentlemen about this and uh, and good uh, good members of their community. So hats off to the guys from 66 Cigars. They they don't sell cigars online, by the way. I uh, When I heard about their predicament, I contacted them and asked if I could support them by buying a, a box of something online, and they weren't interested. But, uh, yeah, good for them. Yeah, it's for, for anybody that's interested, it's in Sunset Hills, Missouri, which is in... St. Louis County, just outside of St. Louis proper, I believe. Uh, so if you get out to that area or one of the four people that listens to us happens to live there, then <laughs> <laughs> go by and visit the gentleman. I, I offered him a spot on the podcast to to, uh, to talk about his issue, but he respectfully declined. I, I think he's trying to... Like I said, he's a better human being than I am because I'd have burned their store down by now. Well, he can't... <laughs> He's he's not ready for all the fame of being on the podcast here, you know. Well, you know. All the fan mail and the phone calls and the stalkers and you know how it is. Well, you know, stuff we deal with every day. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He he's afraid he's going to end up like Cigar Dave or something. I don't know. <laughs> cigar who? Dave. He's like he's like the guy on the radio. He talks about cigars sometimes. He's the cigar version of Rush Limbaugh. Ah, uh, okay. Well, he's the cigar version of us, right? He, he yeah. Heard our... <laughs> yeah, he copied us. Oh, speaking of people scoring hellaciously big interviews, I don't know if you follow the uh, the now Smooth Draws radio show that used to be the Cigar Guys radio show out of Atlanta. But uh, tomorrow morning at 9.30 uh, 9.30 our time they're going to interview Cheech Marin of all people as in like the Cheech as in Cheech and Chong Cheech and Chong wow that's going to be a crazy interview that's what I said <laughs> I, I texted him I'm like is he going to be in the studio and they're like no and I was like okay because I was totally pulling that friend card <laughs> <laughs> funny but yeah, hey, congrats to go those guys and uh, catch them. AM twelve thirty, the fan two uh, starts at nine Eastern in Atlanta. Want to transition topics here, uh, mostly because it's something I've experienced lately, but something I've seen around quite a bit, and I didn't really even know I was looking at it. But the uh, the Tobacco Association of America, the TAA. Um, so every year they make a number of cigars, or I think they actually sponsor cigars that actual, like La Polina or Tatuaje or other people make for them, but they make them a special cigar, and then it has a special band that says, you know, the TAA Angels and Anvil or, or whatever the name of the cigar might be. Uh, have you guys seen these or tried any of the TAA cigars? I have. Well, actually, just in the last... A week or two, I've, I've been getting all these press releases that are like, uh, so-and-so is making a TAA cigar, and, you know, so-and-so is making this and that and the other, and I'm like, what the fuck is TAA? I had never even heard of it. I think they're right up there with, like, the cigar rights of, like, the, the CRA. I think they're right up there with them. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm uneducated not knowing what it is. <laughs> they, uh, they've had some really good ones. Um, 
I'm trying to think of all the different ones. They have uh, I, I can't think of the name of it, but it's got like an Indian head on it. Um, sorry, I'm drawing a blank on it, but uh, that's really popular. They've got I know Tatuaje made one. I think this year La Polina is making a TAA cigar, and, and essentially how it works is, again, I think La Polina or somebody volunteers to make a TAA, and then half the proceeds or all of the proceeds that go from selling that cigar go back to the TAA, which kind of represent all you know all cigar smokers. It, it's protecting everybody here. Um, there's a, they they did make one that I had the pleasure of smoking. It's called Angels and Anvils. Uh, fantastic smoke, really, really good smoke. Uh, but a little on the spendy side, I think it was like fourteen bucks. But even so, if you guys do see any TAA cigars out there, know they are limited releases. They only release so many per year, and once they're gone, they're gone forever. And they are supposed to be some of the better cigars by that brand. You know, they don't want to stick TAA on some uh, nasty cigars. So if you see one, buy one up. Yeah, I'll definitely have to uh, keep an eye out for those. Uh, senior, I know you had a topic that we we briefly spoke about earlier today, so I'll let you throw that out. Okay. Yeah, we. I know it's been done before, but we hadn't, so that means it doesn't count. So, but if um, if you could sit down and have a cigar with anybody in the industry, who would it be and why? And you know, it can be one of the patriarchs. Or one of the new rock star boutique brands, you know, just your choice and why. And I'll give you guys a couple of minutes to kind of put your thoughts together. I'll go first. I thought about it, and mine would be Kirk Kendall with 724 cigars. And the reason is that, uh, you know, he's a big history, cigar history buff and memorabilia collector, so to sit down and you know, talk to him, and especially about the 724 brand that started uh, in 1874 and lasted through uh, the Cuban embargo of 1963 with Roger J. or Roger G. Sullivan. So I mean, to you know, learn the history behind the company and one that was able to actually uh, survive like the Great Depression and things of that nature. And then just hear the background in his mind of why he chose to, uh, you know, purchase the brand and try to revive it, which he's done an awesome job. The uh, Hustler is by far one of the best barber poles I've ever smoked. And uh, uh, special, ah, shit, I just lost my train of thought, the Dog Walker. <laughs> Uh, oh, I really yeah. like the little dog walker five packs. I, I really like those. Really tasty. Those are really cool. And the other thing, he uh, speaks English, and I almost do. So, <laughs> you know, we could have a conversation without a translator. That is always helpful. Yeah, I would agree. Mm -hmm. Honestly, Kurt uh, Kendall, here's a quick story about him. So, uh, we used to teach cigar classes down in Huntsville, and we wanted to teach a history of cigars all the way back to like the 19th, or excuse me, the 1600s, back when tobacco had a completely different meaning, almost a spiritual meaning for some uh, civilizations. And Kurt Kendall, because of his, uh, you know, his, I guess, obsession with 724 cigars, he has some of some amazing collection of artifacts like, from from old cigar, uh, you know, old cigar times, and he was. 
he, he barely knew me from anyone, but I contacted him and said, hey, we're teaching this class. He sent me a box just, just to, to borrow for the class, but he sent me a box of his personal antiques and artifacts of these old cigar stuff to, to, to show to all these people in the class. And then, you know, I mailed them back afterwards and stuff. But the fact that he trusted a stranger with some of his prized possessions, I thought, I mean, it spoke volumes for the guy. Well, to throw out a little cigar trivia, do you know the where the name 724 came from, and do you know the urban legend of where it came from? There's two stories. Uh, is 724, is it the address of the location of the original warehouse? Very good. <laughs> it was 724 Elm Street was the original address. I now, the you. urban... I did a class urban, on 724. <laughs> do you know the urban legend of where it came from? I don't that know that. Believed? It was thought to be the uh, winning numbers from a lottery ticket. Uh, that he, like he used the lottery winnings, and the number on the ticket was 724 to start the company. But that was uh, debunked later to find out that it was 724 Elm Street, the original uh, address. Nice job. <laughs> 724. I thought that might have been like how much you paid for a hooker or something. $7.24. You got to figure, you know, 1900 prices. Oh, yeah. That's a lot and, of money. And oddly enough, our local Cracker Barrel happens to have a classic 724 10 cent cigar sign. And yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go on record right now. I'm going to one day commit a crime because I'm going to steal that sign. <laughs> you should. I'll, 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 I'll create a distraction with my awesome singing voice, and you can uh, take the sign and leave. Works for me. So, uh, Jun Junior, you want to go next? Yeah, mine is uh, the owner of the J.C. Newman Cigar Company, Eric Newman who I spoke with very briefly about two Saturdays ago. I called into the Smooth Draws radio show when he was on there and asked him a question. They make, uh, or one of the many things they make is El Baton, which was the 2012, I want to say number 14 cigar of the year. Uh, long story short, El Baton was born in, I think, 1915 as a Cuban hand-rolled. It existed through the 20s, went away, they resurrected it in 2008, turned it into a top 25 cigar. And, of course, they make the Diamond Crown, which is uh, high-level, kind of dab-off-level prices. But it's the longest-running, longest-continuously-running cigar company out there. They're in their 121st year of business. And another piece of cigar trivia for Kirk... Uh, the founder of the company, J.C. Newman. What does J.C. stand for? John Christian. Not even remotely close. Think G Roman. Julius Caesar. Bingo. <laughs> I should have known that because of their uh, their purple band, Julius Caesar cigars. Yeah, that, that cigar was named for uh, Eric's grandmother. And That's actually really cool. I didn't know that. He actually, the funny thing behind... Julius Caesar Newman is that he got to pick his name when they immigrated here. His first name was actually Julius, but he got to pick the middle name. So he became Julius Caesar Newman. That's awesome. And like I said, you know, 121 years of history, that's just, 
you could sit there and talk to that guy all day. Okay, you want to chance one more and uh, say how they came up with the brick house brand? Uh, Chirp. <laughs> Anybody? I got I got nothing. Does it have to do with the song? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Actually, uh, no clue. J.C. Newman grew up in a small brick home, and that's yeah, you know, that's where the brick house brand came from. And you, if you're ever at Chattanooga Tweetup playing smooth draws trivia with the boys from the radio show, uh, the answer to every other question will be J.C. Newman because he sponsors their show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> Like Either it. that or something to do with AJ Fernandez. And he does not sponsor our show. Hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> Come we, on, Eric. We we can be bought. We can be bought. Of Chief, course we can. Chiefly at that. <laughs> uh, hell. Hell, that seven dollar twenty five cent whore <laughs> or twenty four cent whore. Uh, I'll, I'll rename it to jcnewmantipsters.com if you just send me a box of El Baton. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> that that was a joke. I want to actually rename my company. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, all right. So, so is it my turn here? Yes. Okay. So, I did not know you'd be asking this. So my uh, my knowledge is probably not as thorough. I don't have any trivia questions, but uh, I think I would enjoy smoking a cigar with uh, Bill Paley from uh, La Polina. Uh, so, quick story that I do remember is La Polina was a cigar brand from, like, the early 1900s, and it was actually Bill Paley's grandpa or great-grandpa that started, you know, cigars. And he actually started La Polina way back over 100 years ago. And as I remember, uh, he retired, and his son, William Paley, I think was kind of dabbling with the cigar business, but uh, his real passion was radio. And again, this is, you know, 1920s, 1930s, I think, kind of when radio was just kind of the big deal. And William Paley, I think, used to advertise La Polina cigars on the radio, and it just really got his attention. And eventually, I think he ended up buying a number of radio stations that later became CBS, and that's the same CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System, that we see on TV today. So that's that's William Paley, that's Bill Paley's dad. And so Bill Paley, he kind of got born into this world of radio and advertising and everything like that, but his calling was back towards, maybe more towards what his grandpa was interested in, it was, it was cigars. And, you know, Bill, he strikes me as... You guys have seen those commercials for, like, uh, the most interesting man in the world? That's exactly what Bill Paley looks like. He, he, has, he looks exactly <laughs> like that guy. And um, truly, I, I think I met him once at one of the uh, cigar conventions, and he was just down to earth, nice as could be. I mean, he looked like a billion dollars. He really did. He was dressed, dressed very well, and, um, but he was just totally down to earth. He, he spoke to me about his cigars. He spoke to me about his dad. And... You know, I I really enjoyed it. It was uh, it had a lasting impression on me, so I'd love to sit down with Bill again someday. And I'd also like to sit down with the uh, the owner of Gurkha, <laughs> <Tiza>. <laughs> so that I can 
explain to him why he sucks. You know, Gurkha, I'm not going to defend Gurkha, not in a million years. However, I do find it hilarious how Gurkha has become like the pinata of the cigar industry. I mean, no, no matter what cigar circle you're running in, no matter what cigar shop you go into, you can easily find a handful of people who just want to talk shit about Gurkha just for the hell of it, and I love it. And those are my people. <laughs> my kind of people there. But the problem is, so many new smokers, they hear Gurkha so many times, good, bad, or otherwise, when they walk in the humidor, oh, Gurkha, I've heard of that before. Well, and, <laughs> and they go buy one. And it's not just so much hearing about it, they, they look at it. I mean, I'm the first one to say that Gurkha looks fucking cool. They just don't taste like anything. Yep, they look great. Uh, more so, not only do you see them in the humidors in the cigar shops, but if you get a Cigars International or Thompson Magazine at your house, I mean, every page has Gurkha on it somewhere. It's like you can't get away from it. Well, and truth be told, that's a lot of Gurkha's problem. Those cigars that they sell online in those catalogs are pure shit. I would agree. And well, I don't know if they're rebranding shittier cigars or they don't treat them with the same quality as they do what goes in the stores, but either way. I think it's got a lot to do with a similar problem that we see coming out of like Rocky Patel. They make so many different cigars a year, and it's just kind of the mentality of let's throw them at the wall and see what sticks. And then, okay, they get two or three good cigars out of it, but then they're left with this overabundance of shit that they then have to shove off to, you know, CI and some of the other places that'll take them and throw them into some kind of a sampler pack with some other stuff and sell them out. So then, you know, the Gurkhas you're getting through the mail are horrible. I think you're right, Mark, because... Think of this, right? If, if you blend a cigar and you intend on putting a wrapper on it, putting it in a, in a box, and then selling it to the world, not just the U.S. market, but to, to the world, you don't know if that's going to be the next hot cigar or not. So you don't want to go to market with only, you know, a thousand boxes available. You're probably making a few thousand boxes of cigars. And when that, when that cigar hits, if it's a complete turd, like Gurkha and Rocky Patel are kind of known for lately, then you're stuck with 5,000 boxes that nobody wants, and they, they probably ship directly to Cigars International and fill up every bundle you could ever buy for the next 10 years. I've been, in the time that I've been smoking, for probably bordering on five years, there's only two cigars that have come out of Gurkha that I've actually liked, the Rogue being one of them and the Cellar Reserve Limitada. I mean, that that's the only two things that I can think of that, that I'm just like, yeah, I'd smoke those again. What about the Ghost, their uh, Maduro? No, the Ghost, I like that one pretty. I, I'll smoke that one. I'll put it that way. I, I was never a big fan of it myself, but I've only smoked it once or twice. So. And and you know what, Mark? I think you're absolutely right. And that's. I feel like that's Gurkha's biggest problem is, they offer 50 cigars, but maybe less than 10, are really worth smoking. And so for, for every one good Gurkha you have, you probably have nine bad ones. Can I just interrupt you for a second? Uh, where you just said, Mark, 
you're absolutely right. That's going to be my new text message notification. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, actually, he was talking to me, but okay. Well, it works either way. (laughs) The beauty of having the same name. True. I do want to go on record. I do want to go on record hearing say saying that I don't hate Gurkha. I don't hate Rocky Mattel. I I do think that they are making way too many cigars, and the whole throw them at the wall and see what sticks approach is not working out. Rocky Mattel, for instance, Rocky Mattel seems to be going the way of Gurkha, where they have fifty or sixty different blends for sale, and I don't know. I mean maybe, again, 10 or 15 of them are good ones, but I will say with Rocky Patel in particular, I could probably name 5, 10 cigars that I actually really enjoy and would be happy to smoke any day of the week. There's, I was, like I said, I was in Franklin Cigar earlier today in the humidor. The, the Rocky section was, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even recognize half of what was there. There's this Prohibition series, the, the Super Lajero gimmick. Uh, the only thing... That I really smoke out of Rocky these days is the Edge series, and I like the Royale, which was uh, which was on the top twenty-five in I think thirteen. Yeah, thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, I mean the Prohibition is one of their new cigars, I think, from this year. Maybe it was last year. Now I lose track. That one is actually pretty good. Their Edge Sumatra, the Edge Nicaragua. They've got their vintage series, so the 92 is good. I like the vintage 2003. I like the decade, kind of. Uh, what's the, oh, the 15th anniversary with the silver band. That's a nice one. Now, the, the I think it's the 20th anniversary with the orange band is good, but it's expensive. Yep, yep. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it is a crapshoot. I don't want to, I don't want any of our multiple multiple listeners to get discouraged about trying Gurkhas or Rockies. But do know that, you know, I mean, they do kind of have a reputation for just making way too many cigars. Uh, you, you weren't here for this, so we're going to talk about it for just a second. Are you familiar with 1502 cigars? Yes. And, you know, the, they have the, the ruby, the black gold, the emerald. Yep. Well, he's got a new one coming out called the XO. Something like 18 years age tobacco or something like that. Long story short, him having this being his fifth cigar line, boutique company, a cigar is going to retail for $17 a stick. Ouch. Yeah, I, I just can't. I mean, I'll try it once just for show fodder and stuff like that, but I just, $17 for a boutique stick is crazy. Well, well hopefully, but- hopefully it's uh, better than Gurkha's. Uh, that 18-year seller reserve that they did because I picked up a couple of those and they were not near that price point. They were 10, 12, I think, but uh, not near as good of a cigar, which, speaking of Gurkha, but the Limitada or Limited, whichever one you said that's got the black wrapper on it. Yeah, yep. there's the white wrapper normal one and then the Limitado, which is the black. Yeah, the Limitado is much better than either one of the other two. Their 18 years was terrible. You know, the 1502 brand, I mean, yeah, I guess I've seen them in the occasional cigar shop, but really I, I recognize that name from Cigars International because the 1502s are like, if you buy a sampler, those are the cheap cigars they throw in. I think the... The red and the emerald might be in every single sampler you could buy on Cigars International. 
And so the, the fifteen oh two Ruby Lancero, in, in my opinion, is the best cigar he makes. Yeah, I'll, I'll second that. So it's better than the Emerald. Yeah, if if you yeah. can't find them up there, let me know. I'll send you some because because they are really good. What do they retail for? Uh, God, last time I bought one, it was seven or eight bucks. I mean, it was okay. reasonable. I yeah, feel like not ridiculously priced. Maybe it's the Emeralds. Maybe it's the Black. I don't know. One of their one of their cigars. I think. I mean, my dad and my brother buy samplers still, and I think they have a handful of them just because they're they're two or three dollar cigars and they're they're yard cigars. You know, you only smoke them when you're mowing the lawn. So I I guess I'm a little surprised that he's coming out with a seventeen dollar blend. And that's what two months out of the year up there. <laughs> yeah, you gotta by the by the time you uh you know sharpen your blades and get the lawnmower running, you gotta put the uh. What is it you put in the gas tank to keep the fuel from freezing? You have to add that. Yeah, anti-gel. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. About two times a year, we got to mow. <laughs> well, how's your uh, how's your Frigidor thing going? I'm telling you what, I, I could use some help, guys. If if you're in Minnesota anytime soon, I'll put you to work because it it's kicking my ass. Uh, now, granted, I haven't done a lot of work in the winter just because it's too damn cold in my garage but I've got I've got all the rust removed I've, I've put the uh, the rust proof primer on it now so it's not going to get any new rust and now I just got to work on uh, making it look nice I guess but I still got a ways to go I'm thinking I got another 10 hours at least uh, before I'm putting the Spanish cedar in there it's a la- labor of love as they say I have a I have an old Philco console radio that I'm considering uh, converting into a humidor. What does that thing look like? I couldn't even picture it. Oh, God. There's uh, there's pictures floating around of it. I've modified it once. I turned it into a glorified jukebox, but I'll I'll tag you in one of the Facebook pictures that, that are floating around and show it to you. We're not Facebook friends, are we? Uh, probably not. I try to avoid uh, shady, <laughs> shady companies. So. Yeah, they 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 don't let me near playgrounds and stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. Playgrounds and sharp objects, neither one. Hey, I don't know if I mentioned this. I'm smoking a H Upman tonight. What are you guys? You guys puffing on anything? I'm in a hotel, so I'm not allowed to smoke in the room. And I've got the asylum uh, lobotomy. I love oh, that well, we, we we need to talk about that because <laughs> we we were supposed to have that reviewed already, and I've been lazy about that. So tell us about your lobotomy. Ah, my lobotomy. Well, yeah, your frontal lobotomy. I'm I'm not quite a zombie, but we're close. Now it's actually a good smoke. It's uh, got a Habano Maduro wrapper, uh, the binder and filler Nicaraguan. Uh, it's full flavored but it's not full strength, which is, is what I like. It's more in the medium strength, maybe a little medium plus, and, uh, but you still get a lot of full flavor out of it. You get some sweetness, uh, a little bit of cedar, spice. Uh, good smoke so far. Uh, they come in four different sizes, or Vitolas is, uh, I think, the terminology. Uh, I've got the uh, 6x50 Toro right now that I'm smoking on. 
this is the second one of them I've had, and I, I'm pleased with the cigar. Uh, it's uh, it's another one of those exclusives like we were talking about earlier, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct, Mark? Yeah, it's uh, exclusive to Famous Smoke, famous-smoke.com. They partnered with Asylum to uh, release that cigar. That uh, kind of seems to be a trend a little bit in the industry right now. People are doing specific ones. You were talking about the one there in Franklin. I would question, is that a, a profitable venture to, to go to that extreme for one specific uh, retail outlet or online outlet in this case, uh, or with uh, single shops? Seems like the the graphic design and stuff and the banding and the boxes would uh, would almost make it cost prohibitive. Well, in the case of Franklin Cigar, they they did a huge Davidoff renovation, so I wouldn't doubt that it was part of that deal. You know, Davidoff Room 101 Camacho, be rid of H, put the big white Davidoff wall in there. Right. And, you know, here's here's your own cigar to sell just to your customers. But in terms of the online deal, I don't know. I mean... Well, I mean, online I could see it a little bit more because you're reaching a uh, a bigger customer base than a, than a brick and mortar. True. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... Uh... <clears throat> So I would say it's it is a mixed bag. You have to have a really good, really good customer base, and you have to have a customer base that appreciates hard to find and rare cigars. I think even at uh, Patriot Cigars back in the day, you guys remember the Cuatro Cinco event. Uh, we were one of the lucky shops to premiere Cuatro Cinco, and and it took a lot of work. And I think we had a decent event, but you know it could have gone the other way, where everyone's like, "What's Cuatro Cinco? I don't care." and uh, you know, then you're stuck with, you know, 20 boxes of cigars that you can't move. So, I think it takes it takes the right it takes the right shop and the right customers. Well, on the contrary, seniors spent a fortune that night. <laughs> Actually, there's still there's still 10 of those from that very night in existence in in yeah. the bottom of the aging humidor. Oh my gosh, I'm telling you guys, that's like a fucking yeah. gold, that's like a gold mine right there. Oh, we have we have those 10. Plus, we have a a, uh, a box that is still in the cellophane that is oh. in the bottom of the humidor. And you guys know they they, they re-released the Quattro Cinco though. Well, I and I, it sucks. Yes, it does. I had another one today at Franklin just to confirm that I didn't like it as much as I thought I did. And yeah, it's nowhere near the original. So so they, they changed it, huh? Yeah. So I don't know what they did, but it they fucked something up. Well, they made, uh, I won't say a disclaimer, but I guess they made mention of the fact that uh, they had tweaked the blend a little bit. And, I mean, when you got something that's a home run, leave it the hell alone. You know, don't screw it up. Yeah, I, I, bet, I bet they had to tweak it because of uh, tobacco availability. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. I, w I wonder if there was something unique or special in the original that they couldn't readily get their hands on. And they just replaced it with some random something. Yeah. Well, I apologize. 
apologize if I was making some noise a second ago. I had to go uh, refill my beer. I oh, thought, we thought you were working on the Frigidor. No, I thought you were playing with the Dyson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I just got done vacuuming the garage, so, you know. You, well, you're vacuuming, but I'm not sure why you're doing it without pants. You just, you've just you never owned a Dyson, otherwise you'd understand. <laughs> I'm poor. I can't afford to own a Dyson. You're going to have to give me a discount or something. Trade in your car. It's worth it. <laughs> I'll just ride the Dyson to work. <laughs> exactly. You still drive that yellow thing? I have a white version of it now. What happened to the yellow one? Oh, you got erect, didn't you? Well, that that wasn't the reason why. I, I just eventually got rid of it. I've got a 2015 white one now. What's the, yellow, the yellow one was proving to be too noticeable for various reasons. Yeah. You you mean you were uh, being you're you're a little too flaming? Is that what it was? Something like that. <laughs> well, when when you're driving through town and people are sending you text messages telling you you need to slow down, your car's too fucking noticeable. <laughs> so you mean your one friend saw you and he he texted you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and by one friend, I mean your dad. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Mark. I'm not paying another speeding ticket. God. What about these fucking kids today? Parents pay for everything. I wish y'all had paid for my shit when I was a kid. Yeah, but you wouldn't have turned into the fine young man that you are. When I was 16, they're like, <laughs> they're like, fuck it, pay for your own shit. They're like, we gave you the car, so you, you the rest is on you. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I have to say the audio tonight has been fantastic. I don't know if uh, if it's just not having been here or what's going on, but everyone's coming in loud and clear. I like it. Yeah, this, we actually sound like we, at least audio-wise, know what we're doing. I agree. But one other thing before I get too far off this cigar, the asylum, the lobotomy is one of those we talked earlier about the uh, samplers that they had with the cutters. There's uh, one out there on the, the website. It's I can't remember if it's two or three cigars and an XI-8 uh, Zycar cutter for, I think, $27.99, something like that. Is and, the, the, and the, XI, we, the XI-8, is that really thin one? No, that's the uh, one for the bigger ring gauge cigars, and I'm assuming they're pairing it with the Asylum because they're known for some of their 70 and 80 ring gauge. Well, and we all know how Kirk likes big things in his mouth. Bigger the better. I like how he's Kirk is like popping in, saying something, and muting himself. <laughs> all on his own over there. Uh, well, the vacuum is pretty loud, so... And he's just in it again. Well, it wouldn't be quite so loud if you take the vacuum off your crotch. <laughs> okay. Because of that, i got to keep it off mute now. I need to defend myself, apparently. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you either mute yourself or you don't show up. You, we, we repeat a shreds. Uh, yeah, speaking of, we haven't badmouthed Ben at all. we got to we got to say some shit about Ben. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ben, you Knoxville, Tennessee piece of shit. <laughs> He's probably riding a riding a Ferris wheel right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you have to be in what? Yeah, 
Okay. <laughs> nice. That's your Ben. Your Ben impression. That's my Ben impression. That's pretty good. Yeah, he canceled on us about his his wife. Like we're not fucking more important than she is. Uh, what is his priority? Yeah, get your fucking priorities straight. What an, what an idiot that Ben. <laughs> I hope I hope he listens to this. But you know, truth be told, I mean, <laughs> he's not going to. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody actually listen? <laughs> you, you, you know, I'm. I don't. I'm. My brother listens to almost every single podcast, and he gives us feedback too. He watches for the new ones. And then he calls me the next day to tell me how shitty Ben's audio is. <laughs> oh, he, fi- he finally tweeted me up. Well, you know he did because we got into the whole Bugatti Ford Pinto conversation. But yeah, he tweeted me. He's like, this audio is painful. <laughs> yeah, so he'll be happy when this one comes out. You know what he does, and I, and I think more people should do it, is he goes out to the backyard, he kicks his heater on, he's by himself, he just wants to chill out with his iPad, he throws a Cigar Cigar Tipsters podcast on, and he hangs out with us for an hour while he smokes. And uh, you know, more people should do that. We're we're good company. You just got to give it a shot. Well, you need to invite him to actually hang out on air with us. Oh, that's spoken like someone who's never met my brother before. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in all fairness, I invited him. He he has an open invitation. I'll do it. We'll get him out here sometime. It'll be fun. It's like I told him, if nothing else, we'll just make fun of Kirk for an hour. There you go. Dude, that topic never gets old. That Kirk guy is such a clown. I know. I, I don't I don't know. He's just he's just weird. He owns a oh. Dyson. He lives in Minnesota, of course he's weird. Minnesota. Anyway, hey. this has been uh Cigar Tipsters episode twenty two. Thank you. That wasn't quite closing. <laughs> no shout outs, no goodbyes. Just yeah, junior goodbye over, see you. You gotta take a shit or something? You gotta go to the bath. <laughs> okay, I'll try that again. Uh, does anyone have any shout outs they'd like to throw out? No, I'm good. I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Ber- Bernie Sanders. Are, are you feeling the burn over there? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I was hoping you guys would laugh. Now I feel like an ass clown for even saying his name. <laughs> well, well, I don't, I don't like to make fun of people. There's two, two subjects that I'll shy away from, and that's religion and politics, because I'll just end up pissing people off. So I just, <laughs> I just let people say, say what they need to say and go on. But let's invite, let's invite Bernie on here so we can uh, make fun of him for a few hours. He deserves it. But bless his, I just love his hair. It's always just everywhere. Oh, he's a damn hippie. Well, and Kirk, we, I know you're a Hillary supporter. She's so pretty. A closet okay. Hillary supporter. <laughs> How could you not support her? She's so beautiful. Are, are, it, we, are we talking about the same woman? And her, I, voice, just, her voice is like angels. Are you kidding? Her, uh, she has the vo- Okay, Bernie Sanders is an actual 80-year-old Jew, but Hillary Clinton sounds like an 80-year-old Jew. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, you know me. My, my apologies to Jewish people. <laughs> For comparing them to Hillary Clinton? Yeah, as if a yeah, Bernie actually listens to this. Yeah, a bunch of Jewish people just like, what? Fuck you, Mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go long. Uh, long story short, uh, Trump 2016. Trump. Uh, but you know what? 
You know what? I bet Trump would smoke a cigar with us. I bet he would. We should invite. I'm going to invite him on. We the should show. invite him to the podcast. That, you know, he's out campaigning. That'd be a good time. You, you, you know? you, that might actually trump, no pun intended, the the Cheech Marin thing. That's true. <laughs> you know, I, honestly, I, okay. So, so here's my my Trump philosophy, right? So, I don't know if the guy is going to be a good leader or not. I really don't. But I do know he's entertaining as hell. And the fact that he just doesn't do the whole politically correct thing, I find that so refreshing that I, I, I do, I want to hang out with the guy. I want to have him over to the house and just listen to him uh, say crazy things. And uh, I've got nothing against that, honestly. Compared to where we've been, it can't, can't get much worse in terms of uh, president. Uh, that's the truth. Yeah, I mean, Which, he's completely not business as usual, and that's what people are sick of. Yeah. Well, I mean, look. I mean, come on. We've got uh, we've got Ted Cruz, who's like the most hated guy in D.C. I even can't, ugh, I can't even stand to look at him. Yeah, his face, man. He looks like a weasel. And <laughs> oh, uh, you seen the uh, comparison of him to uh, Grandpa from the Monsters? <laughs> oh yes, it's uncanny. It is hilarious. Oh, I can picture it. I can picture it. <laughs> it's they it's got, actually giving Al Lewis a bad name. But they got they got the same nose. And did anybody watch the debate uh, the other night? I didn't. I heard all the the highlights, but well, I didn't watch. Uh, Cruz had this thing on his lip, and it would like it was like I don't know if it was a, some, some spittle or what it was, but it would it would move from like his top lip to his bottom lip, and at some point he just ate it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw that. That was disturbing. Yeah, it was disgusting. <laughs> what was it? I have no idea. I, I don't know, but it was frightening. And, and it was like the fact that he didn't know it was there made it even more frightening. Ugh, ugh. Yeah, I mean, okay, so so Cruz, yeah, Cruz is is hated, dude. All all GOPers hate him, even even his colleagues. And then and then I, you know, Rubio. I don't know, maybe, but Rubio is a first or second term senator, and I mean. We we tried that with Obama, a first or second term senator, and he's been like one of the worst presidents ever. So I just I don't have a lot of faith that Rubio can really do much. Rubio's Rubio's slogan right now, the only thing that's keeping him in this race is, I'm not Trump and I'm not Cruz. Like that's that's, that's like that's <laughs> it like the, he is. Yeah, that's that's all he got. That's all he that's all he's got going for him. And it, it's funny because. They keep thinking Rubio's going to win Florida. I think Trump's going to win Florida, despite it being Rubio's home state. That would be a, a deafening blow. You know what I find absurd is uh, is freaking Mitt Romney coming oh, out, of, out of the what the hell? Yeah, fucking mittens. Yeah, I mean he hasn't been relevant for like at least four years, and okay. uh, and yeah. now he comes he comes out of nowhere with a fistful of keys to try to punch Trump in the face. I mean, it's just, it's. I find it absurd. It's really, it would be, it would be like, uh, I don't know, like, like Al Gore or Ross Perot or someone like that coming out of the closet to, to bash Sanders. It just, it doesn't make sense. I mean, literally, the guy lost to Obama in 2012. Obama kicked his ass. Let's be honest, because America hates Mitt Romney. And now you want us to say, and even more so, he accepted Trump's endorsement in 2012. So he's a fucking hypocrite. That exactly. Is- that's what I was gonna say. That's the funniest part about it. Yeah, the only thing I, did I you could see think. Trump's response, though. No, I didn't see it. 
Okay, Trump comes out and he says, you know, Mitt Romney begged me for my endorsement in 2012. He said, just, just begged me. He said, I could have made Mitt get on his knees. <laughs> One of his <laughs> not politically correct things, you know. That's awesome. I know, I loved it. I did see I did see Trump defend his penis size. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> uh, so, that's so awesome. The reason I brought this all up is uh, I'm going to be his vice presidential uh, running mate, so I just want to throw that out there. Well, that think, beats uh, Kirk's choice of Chris Christie. Where'd that come from? <laughs> Chris Christie. I just like when Chris Christie beat the shit out of Rubio during one of the debates. Do you guys see that one? I saw bits and pieces of that one, but I just, I hate Christy. I cannot stand him. Speaking speaking as a fellow fat guy, I'm surprised he could take the Subway sandwich out of his mouth long enough to do that. <laughs> he still had some coleslaw on his face, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, Chris Christie, is, he's, he's slightly more political than Gump. Or not Gump. Uh, than yeah, you, you said it, Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> he's slightly more political than Trump. Uh, but he, he's, he's got that same kind of tough guy attitude, I guess. And I really liked it when he, he stuck it to Rubio. He basically called Rubio out for being a mindless robot. And I appreciated that. I don't know. Okay. But do you own firearms? I do. Okay. Before you address Christie, look at New Jersey gun laws. Is that his work, though? Is that that is his work? So Christie is a conservative who doesn't like guns. Yes, who has six armed guards everywhere he goes, but he is pretty much anti-gun. And there's a uh, I'm trying to think. Of, gun for Hire uh, does a podcast, and they're based out of Jersey, and they're big on gun rights and stuff like that, and the laws in Jersey. It's ridiculous. And yeah, most of it is by Christie's hand. I was not aware. That's that strikes me as very strange to to hear of a conservative who is anti Second Amendment. So to sum up all this serious shit, Kirk is feeling the burn. <laughs> I, but I, uh, <laughs> oh, one other out there. Have you seen all the celebrities and people that are threatening to leave the U.S. if Trump wins? Yep, fuck them. Bye. <laughs> yep. Oh, I mean, that's that's reason enough right there to vote for Trump. <laughs> yeah, no shit. We can get rid of, get rid of what's that, uh, Al Sharpton? Get rid of that yeah, guy. Yeah, Sharpton and, and, uh, and Rosie O'Donnell, that fat bitch. Kanye West. I don't know who all else is on that list. I'll buy his plane ticket. Miley Cyrus is one of them. Oh, oh Trump would probably offer his private jet, you know. <laughs> Dude, okay, so, so on a serious note, on a serious note here. I hate that. When someone says, oh, if he wins, I'm leaving the country. What, I mean, what, because our democratic yeah. process did not go in the direction you were hoping it would? Because 51% of the country or more voted for someone? First of all, they're not going to do a goddamn thing. They're going to get up and go to work on January 22nd, just like they did on the 21st and the 20th and 19th before that. Ain't a damn thing going to change for them. Yep. Yeah, I, I just I, I hate that. So you're gonna run from the country if the country doesn't vote your way. But okay. by all means, get out. Yeah, no shit. Love no it, shit. Yeah, some something else I'll mention too is uh, so you know how Romney, Cruz, and Rubio 
have all really, really been attacking Trump lately. I find I find that slightly disturbing because, you know, let's take let's take Trump's personality out of the equation for just a second here, and let's just call Trump a non-politician businessman who's running for president. So he's a non-politician business guy who said, I want to be president of the United States, and the GOP elites, the fuckers who have been in D.C. for a long time and been part of that game, say, I don't, I don't like this guy because he's not playing by our, by our rules. He's not acting like we act. He's not a politician. Therefore, we need to stop him. To me, that's kind of scary in its nature, you know? Well, they, they keep throwing around this brokered convention idea. And quite frankly, it's the only reason Cruz, Rubio, and Kasich are still in the race. They're trying to keep Trump under that 50% of the delegates number. Yeah, that 1,200 or whatever it is. If if they're stupid enough to try this and take it away from Trump, two things are going to happen. Number one, you're going to see basically the end of the GOP because they'll rip themselves apart. And two, you might see the first victory by a third-party candidate if Trump drops to third-party and runs. Or the first woman president, which is worse. Uh, and apparently I saw the other day if, if Hillary becomes the nominee, Jesse Ventura is also running. Yes! <laughs> yes! So, so I'm, my, all, so I'm my, all for Jesse the body. My old governor. His old gov. That guy, he's crazy as... I mean, shit. I can't think of anyone crazier than him. Oh, he, oh, you know if he's going to throw his name in the hat, Schwarzenegger will be right behind him. Yes. Schwarzenegger. I'll be back. No, Schwarzenegger can't. He's not a natural-born U.S. <laughs> maybe maybe Al Franken will join him, another uh, Minnesota senator. Do you, guys, do you guys know Al Franken? I'm somewhat familiar with him. He's like, he's like a comedian turned politician. <laughs> uh, if it's going to be a comedian, let's get Louis Black in there. <laughs> Jack Black. So he can <laughs> just be angry all the time. Yeah, I, 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 you know what? As batshit crazy as he's gone, I would totally vote for Jesse Ventura. You could get in a wrestling match with Putin. Oh, I know it'd be awesome. <laughs> no, he he should run for president with his Jesse the Body gimmick, with the, you know the big boas around his neck and the the tie dye tank tops and all that bullshit. You're right. He he has my vote already. Run it, run it as a gimmick. Now. Trump's third party thing. Didn't he sign an agreement that he would not run as a third party if he didn't get the nomination? Well, he said. Or I guess that would be null and void if the GOP blows apart. He said he wouldn't run as a third party if he didn't get the nomination if the Republican Party treated him right. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, in Trump's mind, if they fuck him over, he's going to do whatever he wants to do. Well, I mean, with Trump money, you do what you want to do anyway. He should. Honestly, I mean, I I think it's ins- it is baffling to me what the GOP is doing to a GOP candidate. But the bottom line is they're they're basically if if this happens, they're saying what the people want doesn't matter. Exactly. You know, our whole our whole fucking voting system gets thrown right out the fucking window. Exactly. The 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 GOP candidates aren't happy with the fact that the people are voting for Trump, and so they're going to try to you know, turn the system on its side and fuck it in the ass, I guess. And it, it, that's one step below revolution right there. That's, that is really scary. It, it is. 
but Mark, you mentioned it earlier. You said the GOP is going to rip itself apart, and I guarantee Hillary Clinton comes out on top if that happens. And truthfully, that, that's the worst-case scenario right there is she ends up with the fucking presidency. Yep. Unless King Obama finds a way to stay in power. Oh, that would be something, wouldn't it? Uh, no. there, there's too many rednecks and military people that would stop that. Probably. You know, something I read, interesting, I, I didn't fact-check it, so if, uh, if any of our many, many, many listeners want to fact-check this... Uh, Apparently, this like crazy mudslinging political bullshit—it's nothing new. Uh, there were stories about when Abe Lincoln was running for president that, you know, people compared him to a monkey, and that you know, it was just some—it was pretty some pretty bad mudslinging for the uh, 1800s at least. And uh, so I, gu- I guess that makes me feel a little better to know that, you know, this isn't new. But even still, it's almost embarrassing how bad. No, it know, seriously is. I mean, this is my problem with it. Every time one of these caucuses or these fucking Super Tuesday bullshit happens, there's all this, oh, the voting machines were switching the votes, or this didn't get counted, or that didn't get counted, or whatever. We can vote for the goddamn American Idol with not a single fucking problem, but every president presidential election is a clusterfuck. No joke. What, what is wrong with that? No joke. Not to mention the Electoral College is antique and needs to go the fuck away. Sure. One, one popular vote election, get it the fuck over with. We don't need two years of this horse shit. I would agree with that. It's, it's pretty exhausting. Oh, God. You know what, guys? I'm, I'm moving to Canada. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that if uh, somebody doesn't win or... That's, I don't care. Irregardless. I'm just moving to Canada. And irregardless. <laughs> Now you know their their tobacco taxes are pretty pretty strict up there. Uh, I'll be, but they have Cubans. True, they do have Cubans at forty dollars a piece. Yeah, but are they fakes or are they the real deal? No, Canada can get legit Cubans because yeah, Mexico says they've got them. You know, you can get a five pack for fifteen bucks or twenty three pesos, however that works they're, out. No, they're not, not Cohibas, they're Cochibas. It goes like this. It's 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 five cohibas for fifty bucks, and then you're like, nah. And then they say, okay, 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 twenty five. And then you say, nah. And then they say, okay, 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 ten dollars. Oh, yeah, five dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, five dollar. The only Cuban cigars with a glass top box. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Oh man! This has actually been a good show. I'm proud of us. <laughs> Did we do good? People would think we actually have some sort of talent or something. Nah. Yeah, don't, you, don't get used to it. We'll fuck it up on the next one. <laughs> yeah, just wait till yeah. Ben gets back. It all goes down the toilet. Yeah, then yeah, uh, he'll be back on the Ferris wheel. <laughs> yeah, Ben'll be back. The crazy thing about talking with Ben is like all his sentences start with, oh, I've got a really interesting fact about and then it just turns into, like, toilet flushing sounds. <laughs> and you never find out what the fact was. Yeah, you have no idea what you say. Oh, Ben, I wish I could hear what you're saying, because I'm sure it's Yeah, because he does the research on it, you know. Yeah. Ben he is like... puts the time in it. <laughs> Ben's like our bookworm, man. He likes studying this shit, but no one can hear him. Yeah, Ben, it's time to get off your AOL dial-up connection, please. The 28K modem's not cutting it. <laughs> yeah. Pump it up to 56K, please. <laughs> well, what state is he in? Like Tennessee or something? Yeah, Tennessee, Knoxville. 
Yeah, I mean, shit. They're like in the 1800s anyway. Of, of all places, Huntsville, Alabama is getting Google Fiber. Hell yeah. Who, who did they suck off to, to pull that one out? It's yeah. probably because of NASA. Ah, that's true. Between that and Redstone. Yep. <laughs> that, well, they got Uber uh, as of 4 o'clock today. You got what? Uber. The car sharing. Uber. The car, Uber car sharing thing. thingy. Oh, it's in Huntsville? As of 4 o'clock today. So how long before the first rape happens? It already did. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Four, 402. 402, yeah. 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 We apologize for the rape joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> if the if the owner of Uber would like to come on here and square us away, that's fine. Yeah, please, please do. You're welcome. I've we'll, got a I've got a Cheech Marin interview to upstage. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to come up with something here. And, and Doc, if you, if hell freezes over and you hear this, uh, we're we're not being serious. We love you. Who who did you say that to? Doc. Uh, Gary Doc Layton, Layton, yeah, Layton, excuse, and uh, Alan the cigar savant, uh, Friedman. I wonder if I still got my savant title, or did I get decrowned or dethroned or whatever? I'm sure they've passed it on now. Uh, damn. He invited you on there to participate, but you wouldn't call because you were scared. If they were. I had a bad connection that day. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> He's the champion that never defended his title. Hey, I retired a champion, though. Ronda Rousey can't say that. Did you? Speaking of her, did you see that shit where she's like, oh, I was just going to go home and kill myself because I lost? I, I did not. Yeah, she literally said, oh, I, I just went home and thought about committing suicide. That's fucked Because I lost. And I'm like, Put your fucking big girl panties on. You lost one fight. Yeah. Now, I saw her in some Bud Light commercials, though. She's looking pretty good. You're, you're still one of the top. Yeah, that, that's a funny commercial. Still yeah, she's... one of the toughest women on the planet. Get over it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm scared of her. So <laughs> I yeah. apologize for my comment. Yeah, no shit. I don't want to mess... I'll, I'll take on anyone except Ronda Rousey. You should, man. But if you want oh. to come on the show, come on. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I'll, drink a, of, I'll drink a Bud Light while we talk to her. <laughs> of course you will. Speaking of fights, did y'all see the uh, Ken Shamrock, uh, Hoist Gracie rematch? Oh, you mean where they had to get oxygen? <laughs> Midway through it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, not bad for a bunch of 60-year-olds. No, those two were sucking so much wind that the first three rows passed out. From oxygen <laughs> no, oh, the no. first two in front of them, Kimbo Slice and that Day yeah. Day 5000 or whatever. That was the worst. That was the worst fight I've ever seen is Kimbo Slice. Kimbo Slice sucked the last time he was in the UFC. His comeback fight was even worse. It's yeah, terrible. That's, uh, ridiculous. Well, they were both gassed 30 seconds in. Neither one of them thought it was going to go, you know, first two minutes. It looked like so about thirty seconds in, they were they were wasted. I heard I heard someone describe the Kimbo Slice fight like this. They said, if uh, two marshmallows with toothpicks for arms and marshmallows for hands were fighting each other, that's what the Kimbo Slice fight was like. <laughs> it's kind of when the other guy finally went down. It wasn't because he got hit; he was just exhausted. Yeah, he's just like I can't breathe. <laughs> I'm done. It was kind of like the uh, the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, where the 
the Barney the Dinosaur I Like Hugs 2 thing came out afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I like hugs. We we know you do, Kirk. We know you do. I do. Well, anybody got any final shout-outs to the people? The, the two that listen? Yeah, well. Uh, that is, your mom's still listening, right, Kirk? Yep. Oh, yeah, she's a loyal oh, okay. listener. So, so we got two then. Yep, and my brother. Shout out to Ian. Uh, you got to join us. Uh, if you don't, you, you've obviously lost your penis. <laughs> <laughs> then I saw her face. <laughs> oh god! All right, we just lost the listeners we had. Yeah, there they went. Uh, this has been Cigar Tipsters, episode twenty-two. Thank you for joining us. This has been a Cigar Tipsters production.